This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. story is told of an elderly man who didn't have a whole lot of experience in air travel. And he boarded a plane and he was going to the West Coast to visit an old friend he hadn't seen in years. He sat down and he began to look at his ticket and his next ticket because he was getting a connecting flight. And he looked back and forth and he checked his watch and he looked so fidgety that the lady sitting next to him, a seasoned traveler because of business, looked at him and said, are you okay? You seem a bit anxious. Is it your first time on a plane? He said, no, but it is, it is the very first time that I have to make a connecting flight and I'm really afraid I'm not going to have time to get to my other flight. She looked at his tickets and she said, you have an hour. You'll be fine. So, having calmed down, the plane took off and everything was fine until the pilot got on and said, you may have noticed, but Engine number one flamed out. We're going to be fine. We have enough power to get us to our destination, but we're going to be about 15 minutes late. Oh, the man again became agitated. The lady said, don't worry, 45 minutes, plenty of time. And he settled in. Pilot came on a second time. No reason to panic, but I do need to tell you that our second engine has failed. But with two engines, this plane is designed so that it has enough power to get us where we need to be, but we're going to be another 15 minutes delayed, which sent the man again into a bit of a frenzy, and again the lady calmed him down. You have 30 minutes, it's not a problem, you'll be fine, relax. When you know, the pilot came on and said, this has never happened before, but we lost another engine, but we have one, and this is such an amazing machine, we have enough power to get us to where we want to go. However, you're going to have to add another 15 minutes. Well, this just made the man lose it. And and, and the lady next to him said, let me look at your tickets. She said, it's fine. We're going to land at gate 43. You're going to go and board on gate 47. It's 100 yards. You'll make it. He said, fine. The pilot came on and with a shaking voice, he said, we have lost our last engine. And we have no power. At this, the man grabbed his tickets and looked at the woman and said, at this pace, I'm never going to make this connecting flight. Power. Do you have enough power? Power is pretty important. I mean, we, we maybe don't think about power that much, but Power is important. You had power in your car to get you here today. You had power in your lungs to sing some beautiful songs along with our band. Power. Power to stand and you had power to sit. Power to stay awake during a sermon. It's amazing. You know, when we go to work, we put on a power tie. When we have budget conflicts, We turn on a power play. We go home and relax with power tools. And there are thousands of Powerball tickets sold with the hopes of becoming rich. Power. 
power. We've been talking about the six facets of forgiveness that flow from the cross. And every week we've really been talking about power because forgiveness is the power that Jesus Christ has given to us. Forgiveness that restores a relationship with the Heavenly Father. A forgiveness that restores a relationship with each other. A forgiveness that even restores my relationship with myself. Power. The gospel lesson for today is about power. It's about Jesus' power. It's about Jesus' power through sin forgiven and life restored. So in John chapter 11, in our text, we find out that Lazarus is dead. Jesus was called to his deathbed by his sisters. If you read earlier in chapter 11, Mary and Martha sent for Jesus saying, the one that you love is is deathly ill. Please come. We need your restorative touch. And Jesus went to Bethany, but he kind of took his time. He got there, he found out Lazarus was already dead. As a matter of fact, Lazarus was dead for four days. Now, in first century Judaism, uh, someone who was deceased was buried within 24 hours. That was the custom. Spices were applied, bodies were wrapped, they were placed in a tomb. The belief was this. If you were in a tomb for three days, you were dead. It wasn't that you simply passed out. You were dead. There's no embalming in this. So Lazarus is four days Lazarus is dead. He is dead indeed. But Jesus came to bring life. He came to bring life to dead people like Lazarus and like you and me, we who are dead. And we are dead. We might not look dead, although some do during sermons, but again, that's a whole different thing. But we are dead, aren't we? We're spiritually dead. Physically alive, we get up in the morning and we have our coffee and we go off to work. Or if we're retired, we have our to-do list and we go through our routines and we'll eat and we'll converse with others. We watch a favorite TV show and then we hit, hit the hay and do it all over again the next day. Oh, we're alive, but we're dead spiritually. In Jesus' day... Bodies were anointed before burial. These dead bodies. It must have been the same with with Lazarus. His body would have been anointed. It would have been wrapped in strips of cloth called bedclothes or grave clothes. And then it was put into a tomb with a stone rolled across it. We do that. But I, I don't mean our physical burial customs. We don't do the spices. But I'm talking about the manner in which we try to spice up spiritually dead lives. Have you noticed that? When, when life at work becomes unbearable, we go home and maybe drink a little too much. Troubled marriage? Spice it up. A boyfriend or a girlfriend. Life gets boring. Spice it up with some toys. 
When life stinks, we, we would love to add some worldly spice to cover up the stench and make life a bit more bearable. But it doesn't always work, does it? I mean, even after they put spices on the lifeless body of Lazarus, four days later, Lazarus' sister knew that the spices weren't going to work anymore. There would be an odor. And sometimes, sometimes the spices we choose to remedy the problems of life, they just don't last. Sometimes they maybe even make the troubles a little bit more difficult. But as Easter people, we know that the good news is that Jesus came here to bring life. We're alive because of Jesus. So when Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, Scripture says he stood and he wept. Why did he weep? He wept because death is a result of sin. He wept because death was never the plan of God. Ours is a God of life who intentionally created our first parents from the dust of the ground and breathed into them the breath of life. They became living beings and God breathes into us the breath of life. And he calls us to partner with him in life. But sin has has destroyed that perfection. By one man, sin entered the world and, and death by sin. Physical death, spiritual death. And so Jesus cries at the tomb of Lazarus. He mourns the condition of humanity. And no amount of worldly spice will ever cover the effects of sin and death upon our hearts and lives. Jesus cries over Lazarus's lifeless condition and ours as well. But again, this is why Jesus came into the world. This is why God came into the world and took our flesh upon himself. It's why he lived the perfect life for us. It's why he went to the cross to, to take the guilt of our sin away by paying our debt. It's why he rose from the grave and It's why Jesus could stand in front of Lazarus' tomb and say, come out. Lazarus, come out. A most profound miracle. Imagine the gasps and the cries of joy. And one day, our life will come to a close. Our journey will come to an end in this world. Death will come to us. That's not pessimistic, it's realistic. But it's also realistic that the, Jesus' power over the death of Lazarus reminds us that Jesus has power over our death and over our grave. Jesus has destroyed death by his death. Jesus has demolished our grave by his resurrection. And we know the truth that Christ is risen. Indeed, he has. You know, before Jesus went to the tomb, he first stopped at the home of Mary and Martha, and he had a conversation, and he said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. 
And they said to her, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she answered. Yes, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. One day Jesus will call us by name and welcome us into heaven. And all God's people say, but there's more. It would be a great place to say amen. But there's more to this. There's another verse. It's the last verse. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus was alive indeed, but yet was still bound by grave clothes. And Jesus orders them to be removed so that he can be about living the life that Jesus had given to him. And Jesus says to us Easter people, take off the grave clothes. Jesus says, I live the perfect life on your behalf so that you can live a new life. Jesus says, I died on the cross and was wrapped in burial cloths for you so that you could live a forgiven life. And Jesus says, I broke the bonds of my grave. I took off my burial garments so that you can have eternal life. Now live it. But we can be like Lazarus, called back to life, to spiritual life, and yet not taking off our burial clothes. We've been given new life through forgiveness, and yet we often continue to live with the guilt and shame of our sinful past. We bind ourselves as we hold grudges, causing us to withhold a forgiveness that would bring life to dead relationships. We're bound by selfishness that causes us to miss the joy of generosity. We're bound by the fear of the future, causing us to miss the joy of every new today. Take off the grave clothes and live. That's Jesus' call for you and me one week after Easter. Take off whatever is prohibiting you from living real life. Take off the hatred and the jealousy. Take off the ignorance and the arrogance. Take off the guile and the guilt. Take off the fear and live. St. Paul put it this way in our first reading. We were buried therefore with Christ by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Of course, we're waiting for eternal life. In the meantime, we are called to walk in newness of life. That's power. That's the power of Jesus Christ that the worldly spices can never match. Only Jesus covers the stench of guilt and shame and hurt and loneliness and loss and death. So take it off. Take off the grave clothes, put on Christ, and live. And now all God's people say, Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.